don't know who said it, but they were right. Staying in really is the new going out. The World Championships, which concluded on Sunday night out in Belgrade in Serbia, really did have it all. World records, drama, prodigious talents announcing themselves on the global stage, Queen Jeanette reigning supreme in the BBC studio, a backstraight birthday, and some spectacular falls, both on the track and, rumour has it, in the stands. <laughs> I am Claire and I'm delighted to say that I've been joined by a couple who were at the champs themselves. So over to you boys. How are you? Who are you? And what on earth happened? I'm Bayo. I'm Jodie. And I mean, everything happened, really. <laughs> I think it's to say. You know how um, the, the British team didn't fare too well? I would mm. say the Backstraight Boys trip was equally catastrophic. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, none of the team, even though the injuries, I don't think anyone ends up in plaster. So um, Bayo has one up on everybody else. I had this ridiculous moment where I was watching on from the office and people kept tweeting screen grabs of you guys on the BBC coverage. And in all of those screen grabs, you looked really morose and like you were bored and you were having the worst time. <laughs> so and I knew that you weren't. I knew that you weren't because we were WhatsApping. So I thought, I know, I'm going to tweet saying, I have it on good authority that the Backstreet Boys are fine and well and they're having a great time. And just before I sent that tweet, before the second session of the first day, I thought, I'm just going to double check because commentators <laughs> don't want to jinx anything. So I just message, how are you both? And I get back a photo of Bayo with some sort of some sort of arm issue. Go on, what happened? Let's have the story. Okay, so let's start from the very beginning because it doesn't actually start with the arm issue. It starts with Wednesday. We decided to go to the World Indoor Championships early because we often go to a champs and we only see the in, inside of a hotel room and a stadium. So it didn't start till Friday. We thought we'll go Wednesday and then get to see a bit of Belgrade. You know, why not make a bit of a trip of it? No one's been away for ages. So we were going to the city airport, the best airport. It's really super easy to get to. It's like mm -hmm. you, um, you, you, um, you're right there where the planes are. There's no like faffing around. It's very, very simple, very easy. You would think we got there two hours early. Me and Jodie missed our flights. <laughs> and not um, just missed our flights, we literally stood at the gate. It was just the wrong gate. And it was next door to the right gate. Uh -huh. And it was very confusing because gate 24 is before gate 23 for some reason. But anyway, it was our fault, but we missed our flight. So that was yeah. the beginning of the disastrous weekend. So we had to get flights, the same flight the next day, but pay an extortion amount of money to, to go the next day. But you know, whatever, haven't been anywhere for ages. We'll just do it, we'll suck it up, no problem get there Thursday, all fine, get there Friday, bit of an issue getting our accreditation, won't go into that, too boring, but like, that was not well organised, so we're thinking, oh, this isn't going well. Watch the first session of the athletics, um, in the break between the two, we are just outside the stadium, just walking along the road. I have my phone out, and I'm looking, just checking where we're going, obviously, because I'm looking at Google Maps, and I just fell over. There's, there's nothing else to it you know you would expect me to be drunk or something no I just <laughs> tripped over what was pointed out to me afterwards were lots of uneven pavements so I think that um Belgrade's uneven pavements may be an issue but um I just I just fell over and sometimes you fall over and it's funny you know sometimes you fall over and it's kind of a bit of a laugh I knew that this was not funny it was like an immediate sort of really hard thwack on the floor um and yeah I just knew something was up but more importantly, I broke my phone because my phone was in my hand, which like I put out to stop the fall. Smashed my phone. We spent the next couple of hours sorting out a new phone for me. 
whilst walking around Belgrade and me going more and more, oh, my arm hurts, it does hurt a bit, oh, it's hurting a bit more. By the time the evening session came around, I just knew something was wrong. Like, it just was not right. Um, so I went back to the stadium, went to find the medic. They tried to rush me off to hospital immediately. They wanted me to go and get an x-ray right there and then. And I said, no, there's athletics on. <laughs> um, so I refused point blank and I just went back to the stadium. Wow. Then we went to, we went afterwards to the, um, to the hospital, um, x-rays, went back the next day for MRI, etc. Um, fractured, a, fractured my uh, joint in the elbow, basically. So my whole arm's in plaster. Um, not a great start to the championships. <laughs> and then your birthday on the Sunday. Happy birthday to the pair of you, and of course to the PLS Jeanette Quachi. Um, was that marred by the whole experience? Were you able to have a lovely birthday despite your swollen? <laughs> so we spent Saturday, obviously, at the Athletics, and then we said we said we'll go for a few drinks afterwards. So we found this bar right next to the stadium, and we'd asked them beforehand, and we hired or we reserved the room downstairs. There's a little room downstairs. So we just said to the, you know, the guys with the athletic coach we were with, just come for some beers afterwards. So we all went for some beers, played our favourite game, which is like, you know, guessing the top 20 women who've run under seven seconds in the 60 metres or, you know, <laughs> associated guessing games with lots of... Our, li our literal birthday party was a load of athletics nerds guessing all-time um, indoor lists. It was brilliant. Very One of my favourite birthdays birthday. of all time. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> So we have to give a uh, shout out to Chris Brown Sport and to Alex, to um, Dr. Dan and Bev and Jade. Who else was there? Seamus. Um, Dan um, Peachy. Dan Peachy. Um, Pete. Um, they all came. We all had really good fun playing that game. Had a few beers. It was great. The problem is the next day, one of us came down with COVID. <laughs> So we're like, great, we've all been sat in a little room. Um, uh, our birthday was a super spreader event. So yeah. I think from the people who are in the room, um, at least seven of us now have COVID. So we, Bayo has it, I have it, we're locked in our bedrooms. Um, and I know some of the others do as well. So yeah, overall, not the most successful of weekends. I would so like to point out, I've escaped COVID for two whole years. I mean, almost exactly two whole years. I think I came down with COVID on the day we went into lockdown, like two years ago. Um, I escaped it for two years until I went to the home of Novak Djokovic. So exactly. <laughs> make, of that, make of that what you will. So to conclude, you've come back from the champs, you're older, one of you is physically broken and you're both riddled with COVID. I mean, it, it's better than the British <laughs> <team> <laughs> Championship. Not oh God, and now Bayo's coughing. Thank goodness, we're doing, thank goodness for Zoom, eh? Thank goodness for remote recordings. So I wouldn't go near you with a barge pole. I also broke my phone completely and my glasses, neither of which I can get fixed because I can't leave my house because I've got COVID. So. <laughs> well, but having said all but, of that, the athletics was spectacular, wasn't it? That was great. Oh, can I give you some numbers? Yes. I went back to the final press release that World Athletics sent out on Sunday night and they were really heartening reading. So you two are where you two are at, but exactly, let's step back, let's look at the champs as a whole. 109, 129 teams competed, a truly global champs. Wow. 50, 59 countries represented in the finals, which shows that it's not just people ticking boxes and meet, meeting quotas and sending teams. These are teams with metal. These are teams that are ambitious and do stuff. 31 nations won medals. 
And it was a sellout every day, 6,800 in there. Um, and we also enjoyed 17 area records, seven championship records and three world records. So a disaster for you two personally, but for athletics, quite a good, quite a good three days. Yeah, it really was. Am I missing? I, I can only think of I can only think of two world records. What am I missing? Grant Holloway one equals is. the sixty. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. As well. um, yeah. I was because as you know, we always say when you're at a championships, it's great to be there. It's great with the atmosphere. It's great to mix with all the other fans and the athletes and stuff. But you actually miss what's going on. So you don't you don't get. Um, the instant results and the lap times and you don't get replays so you just get to see it once so you might get it to like quickly on the big screen but you miss you miss so much stuff you miss what tactical moves people made you miss who came fifth and fourth and everything else so I haven't actually I've recorded everything of course this weekend because I'll be locked in my bedroom I'll catch up with everything and there'll yeah. be lots of like oh moments didn't realize that happened but just going back and looking at the results and you're like wow Look at these amazing, and there were some amazing moments, some amazing mm. moments, like surprises, really good people. We're excited to have got gold medals, some surprise losses. So it was a really good championship. And I can't wait to watch it on TV and relive it yeah. all. It, and I feel like I've watched it properly then. Go, oh my God, didn't know any of that happened. Before we look at the performances that were on paper, brilliant performances, there are two that I want to ask you about because you were there to enjoy the atmosphere. So what was it like when Valletta won the long jump in front of a home crowd? And what was it like emotionally being present for Mahuchik winning the high jump, which I think just front and back pages, that was a story. Everybody around the world was overjoyed for her. Can I just say I missed Mahuchik winning because I was having an MRI scan. Oh, did you? Yeah. I'd forgotten that. Um, so Valletta was great. You know, that's the, it was the last night. They put her on kind of the last event um, so that the crowd would get into it. They really did. I'm, I'm not sure that was a 7.06 jump, to be honest. No, but even so, she would have won anyway, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, I think it's always great when a home nation have someone to cheer for. Um, and especially, you know, a smaller nation like Serbia, um, they do have that one standout star who delivers, delivers every time. She delivered at the um, Europeans when it was in Serbia in 2017, wasn't it? And she jumped 723. So yeah, she's very reliable. Um, you need to just remember her new name because I'm, she's always, <laughs> I'm never, it's going to take a while for me to get that my head around that. Mahuchik, if you'd asked me before the championships who I most wanted to win, it would have been her. She wasn't in spectacular form um, going into the championships, but we know how great she is. Um, and it, it was a it was a very good competition. Two hundred two is a great great height, and we were sat directly opposite it, like literally in the first, oh, fantastic. right in front of the high jump. So we watched the whole whole um, event, and you know how they say that um, the TV they like to pretend that field events aren't exciting. Both high jump competitions were brilliant, and when mm. you get to watch every single jump and see see the story told you really get into it and I do wish that there'd be a way of find, find a TV TV could find a way of really telling these stories brilliantly because they are they unfold it's exciting people have a miss and then they come back Mahuchik failed she only cleared two meters on the third attempt and then she did 202 on the first attempt um it was great the only thing because obviously she was overwhelmed by it because it, it, she'd been hiding in a basement it had taken her days to get there all the rest of it the winning moment she was laying down on the floor behind a bench 
And so we didn't get to have that, that moment of her winning. And um, maybe it was different on TV because the cameras could um, be close up to her and they could edit it in such a way. But for us, we're like, yeah, oh, where is she? Well, oh. <laughs> but what a great result. And also, um, was it Ben Romanchuk in the triple jump? Never seen her do a triple jump before. Um, in that spectacular conversation uh, competition, obviously she might have got a bit overlooked, but to jump 1474, which is, an, a, a, is a distance that will get you medals these days, uh, not yep. just indoors, um, really interesting to see her take the triple jump on and be so successful at it. Hi, I'm Dina Asher-Smith and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. So those two were real hot moments. Let's go ahead. Let's look at what was objectively jaw-dropping which was Rojas doing it again you mentioned that 14 what was it 1476 would be enough to get you a medal in a lot of competitions these days nothing's going to get you gold is it unless your name is Rojas, because she is she's just she's not she's doing triple jump on a different difficulty setting to everybody yeah. else it's like every time she steps onto the runway she just cranks down the gravity a little bit or does something she's utterly peerless right now isn't she and she had a no jump, which was very, very close to 60 metres. Um, and so she's done, what, 50, was it 1576, was it 74, 76? Um, and that, it's coming. That 60 metre jump is, is coming. Um, we, we talked last year, you know, we were all saying, oh, if she sorts that step phase out, and we got told in no uncertain terms by Fiona May, basically like, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, if it's working, it's working, you know, um, and it's working. But you can see just the mechanics of it are getting are getting a bit better you know i think it has changed i think the step i think the hop is shorter and the step is longer it feels a lot more even than it used to because remember we no, used, to go, oh, used to gasp at the hop and then yeah. go oh at the step and then go oh at the, at the jump. <laughs> <laughs> it looks to me a little bit i'd like to i'd like to see the um the measurements of the individual parts of that triple jump but it just looks a little bit different maybe yeah, she's just you know smoother more used to it got into her rhythm more but what a, oh, what a joy to watch her i mean she's built differently to everybody else for a start isn't she so those mm -hmm. massive long legs of hers they make it look so easy but oh just a dream to watch and you also she's one of those athletes that um she gives the personalities great like you know she's she's enjoying herself you get a lot from her um i i mean i i, I hesitate to say this i don't like to say it but but you know to market somebody worldwide they do need to speak english i don't know what her english is like but if i was if i was her team i'd get her in english classes right now because she could be a worldwide yeah. superstar if mm. she could just speak you know just a bit of english um but yeah do you think like, like queen cat all, all those years queen cat was like the, the greatest like um competitor in the sport but never quite had the profile that she would have had if she was english speaking um and it's unfair and it's like it shouldn't be necessary but unfortunately that's the world we, we live in where you are going to raise your profile worldwide if you if you are like if you give good interview as it were yeah Two other global superstars who also make their disciplines look completely effortless are Grant Holloway and Mondo Duplantis, who manage world records of their own. Grant Holloway has now won 56 consecutive 60-metre hurdle races. I, is there, I don't actually know. Will, will there ever have been a streak like that in athletics in any discipline? Well, yes, Jodie. 
Well, I mean, um, Ed Moses won 140 something, wasn't it? 400s, 400 hurdles, 23 23 Um, or something. Yeah, it's it's over 100. Stupid. Merlin did more than that over um, in the 89, 90 as well, over 200 meters, uh, 100 and 200 meters. But the thing is, you don't run 60s very often, do you? So it's not like it's not. He hasn't lost since like his NCAA days or something, has he? Hasn't lost since a junior. Yeah, I think he's lost since 2014 or something stupid. But. his start i just can't get my head around his start by the first hurdle he's too like in the heat when he ran the equal the world record he was two meters up by the first hurdle like it was like it's almost like once again like physically he's very very tall really long legs and he managed sometimes when you're tall you don't you haven't got that coordination he's got everything he's got the power he's got the strength he's got the start Mm -hmm. he's got everything and over 60 hurdles i think he's unbeatable the over the hundred hurdles, he had some issues that outdoors last year, didn't he? Where, with his stride, I think it was because his stride maybe he was getting too close to the hurdles or something. But over sixty doesn't have that doesn't have time to manifest itself. He's just a phenomenal athlete, like phenomenal and great to watch. And also, he can run the he can run the hundred, he can run the four hundred, he can long jump. I'd like to see him. We always say this, don't we? We're always <laughs> we're always wanting people to do something else. But I'd love to see him do some different events in the in the summer as well. Mm. Have you seen that photo of like the the I think it's probably over the, the is it the sixth hurdles over the sixth hurdle he's cleared the sixth hurdle and the rest the whole rest of the field are just coming over the fifth he's like there's, there's there's a photo where he's basically like a whole hurdle ahead of everybody in the sixty meter hurdles I think Jody because he was he was maybe, maybe it was from the heat yeah, I, I just saw the photo I don't know which I don't know which one it was because he was faster in the faster in the heat wasn't he but I, I think there's there's a similar issue with what. Similar issue to what Gail had. When Gail legs were too slightly too short that she could sometimes come up on the hurdles early. I think his legs are slightly too long and over a hundred meters they can um, slightly come up on the hurdle too early, which I think is what happened outdoors last year. It was about a bouncy track as well. The track didn't suit him, mm-hmm. did it? But I mean, peerless. I can't. I just can't. For the time being, him and Rojas and Mondo all look like they're pretty unbeatable. Yeah, hundred percent. It also felt a little bit like Jakobinger Brixton would be unbeatable coming into this mm. in that he is somebody who runs so aggressively that given the form that he's in and given the fact that he clearly was into Fira's head, he's beaten him 11 times. So Fira's never beaten Jakob in a 1500 metres race, um, indoors, certainly. I sort of thought if he comes in in form, we can hang that gold medal around his neck. But actually, he said that he just didn't have it himself in the latter stages of the races. And Tafira ran it tactically perfectly. What he actually said is that he ran shit, is what he said. I've got the uh, quote here, and he did. He did use that word. It was just, just, he just felt really ungracious. You just got beat. You well, know? And, and you, didn't, you didn't run shit. You ran really no. fast. You just got beaten. It's one, one of the fastest times of all time. You ran like um, to Tef- who is the reigning champion, the previous world record holder, and ran a championship record here. So why you can't just say, do you know what? I did my best today, but I got beaten. I don't know. And why you have to then post a positive COVID test the next day as well to back up the fact that you couldn't possibly be beaten in a fair fight. I I don't want to talk about him anymore. I do just want to say I, I just feel like I'm you... always saying horrible things and yeah, I think no, 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 but, but I'm actually going to interrupt, interrupt you here because this is important where did you see that quote because I think you've only seen part of the quote I've got the whole thing in front of me oh, uh, no, I saw the quote it was from it was from our friend Cathal asked him it's not Cathal I can't pronounce it I'm sorry um asked him what would you have done differently and he said I wouldn't have run shit okay so that is 
big, big fan of it's cattle, isn't it? I think it is cattle's journey. <laughs> I just think, right. I think conversationally, he's been slightly mistranslated there. I'm not normally a Jakobinger Brixton defender, but I'm going to be in this case because what he said, the first thing he said in the mix zone was he was better than me tonight. That's Fair the big, that how he opened up. Good, good he was better than me tonight. And then he was asked, what would you have done differently coming into it? And he said, normally, under 1500 meters, I start to tie up between six and 800 meters, and then I find a second wind and I go. And he said, tonight, I don't know what happened, but I didn't have that second, I didn't relax, I didn't have that second injection of energy, and I couldn't do anything about it. If I'd known that at the start of the race, if I'd known that I would run shit, then I would have done stuff differently, but I didn't know until 600, 800 meters that today wasn't going to go as planned. So that's why I ran the way that I did. So I think it's so Thank you for some great journalising there, for putting us all in our place, for actually doing the research and coming up with the proper quote. So I appreciate that. And I have to apologise to Jacob. Not for everything he's ever done, but maybe no. for the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. That's much more gracious than, than we were led to believe. And I obviously didn't do my research. So thank you for informing us. I just couldn't. I think that was clickbait from that was clickbait from cattle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it works. Well, let's hope he's not <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> um, so in that photo of Grant Holloway, where he streaks ahead of everybody else, you will have spotted David King, who finished sixth mm -hmm. in the final after this insane name out of the hat scenario, but who actually ran really, really well and says that his new setup out in Phoenix, I think it is, is suiting him down to the ground. So we should expect big things from him this summer. Was he one of very few bright and shining lights for Team GB and Northern Ireland in this competition? Uh, he, he did great. I'd just like to say, there's got to be better ways of doing it, but I quite like that. They played it live in the stadium. They played it live in the stadium and we sort of watched it all play out, like the team managers like put their hands in, etc. It just kind of worked in a kind of dramatic way. It's It's kind of silly and it's like there's got to be a better way of doing it but as far as like the excitement of the thing and getting people watching it it kind of kind of worked i mean i don't i can't i actually don't sometimes we've had runoffs there's been different ways of doing it in the past i'm sorry but thousands of a second of bullshit they mean absolutely nothing yeah. like, you can't measure that it's impossible to measure that i don't care what anyone says um but we've had different ways of doing that in the past but like bayo says if you're going to do it that way then did, I don't know if they showed it on TV, but in the stadium, they actually showed it live. So we got, yeah. it wasn't just a, a decision got handed down. We saw it happen, really added to the excitement. I thought it was great. So if you're going to do that, if you're going to run with that, then do it that way in the future. Is it not too Hunger Games? Claire, sorry, Claire's face. <laughs> yes, I completely understand that it's, you can't split people by a thousand. <laughs> and if you've got people who are tied and you've reviewed all the evidence and you cannot differentiate between them, then I can see how you would reach for chance. But this is a global championship. We can't flip a coin. We can't pull a name out of a hat. There's got to be what was it was for a place in the final, wasn't it? Yeah. Why didn't they go back to their heat time? Right. That's no, 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 we well, agree. We're not, we're not saying we're not saying it, we're not saying it's the right way, right way to do it. We're saying if you're gonna do it that way, this was the right way to do it. To make it transparent so we could all see it to add to the excitement. If you are going to go back to heat times, then you have to let that has to be in the rules beforehand. People have to know that that is something that might happen. Um, but I think if it had been at another championships that wasn't having the heat and the final the same day, you yeah. would have done another race or something. 
but you can't when like literally you've got an hour and a half between between the semi and the and the final. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what the rules are on, on that. I don't know what the rules are on that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone knew what the rules were on that. Although no, exactly. ended up taking a, a name out of a hat. Um, going back to heat times, that works indoors. That wouldn't work outdoors because of wind speed readings and all kinds of things. Yeah, but the, that's the same the for, for, for the same fastest losers. They have fastest losers with different wind speed titles. But Claire, your question was about the British team. <laughs> um, I'm I, I'm mixed about the British team. I don't think anyone did egregiously bad. I, I mean, you know, when, when I go back and watch everything again, maybe there's some people who underperformed. Oh, there were a couple. Yeah, of course, I mean, there always is. But that's not the feeling that I came away with. I thought everyone did, did reasonably well, unfortunately, as has been um, what's happened in the last couple of championships. We had some injuries. And um, if we hadn't had those injuries, if Keeley had been there and she would have won, if Giles had been there and he... I think Elliot. he would have met looking at looking at the race. We would have come away feeling very happy about the championships. Instead, we got two bronzes. Um, you know, nobody. And then we have this big uproar about how awful Britain are and we don't perform. Holly Mills was amazing. Um, Neil Gawley did quite good. Um, the men's four by four. I know they came they came last in the final in the end, but they were that was my they were that was my favourite performance mm. of the whole championship. They were phenomenal. Um, you know, even the, the women's four by four did quite good, but like they were stacked, stacked people against them. But when you look at the overall um, championship and who got medals, Ethiopia came top because they got four golds, but they only got nine medals. USA um, got 19 medals, which is insane, but they only got three golds. And after that, Netherlands are the only other country that got um, more than three medals and they got two silvers and two bronzes. So like... Um, Ukraine got two bronzes, France got two medals, um, Spain got two medals, Ukraine, um, sorry, Italy got two medals, Cuba got one medal, Kenya got two medals, Poland only got two medals, um, Sweden got three medals. Um, Did Kenya, Germany get none? Germany got no medals at all. Yeah. I think they got one eighth place was all Germany got. So trying to read something into what's going on in British athletics from a world indoor championships when most of our big names didn't didn't attend for very good reason, because we've got three more more important championships this year. So I don't think you can. Can I, I was going to say that we're the only country other than I think maybe Cyprus that has three more championships coming up because mm. most people don't. If you have the Commonwealth, you don't have the Europeans and, and vice versa. Um, and especially as the Commonwealths are a home games, they've got to take precedence. So this is the, by far and away, the least important of the championships this year. Uh, we sent a strongish team, but it was nothing like a full strength team. And I wasn't, I didn't have huge expectations. Keeley was yeah. the one, wasn't she? If Keeley hadn't got injured, and it's a very minor injury, apparently she could, she could have run, um, but she was being 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 on the safe side, you know. She she could have won and made she could have run and made very well to have won, but it may not have been worth it. She injured herself further um, for the for the ongoing season. So I I read next to nothing into this performance. I wasn't particularly disappointed by it because we have much much bigger fish to fry come the come the end of the year. And if by the end of the year we're still talking about injuries and we're still talking about missed opportunities, yeah. then yes, we have a problem. But I don't count anything by this. And also, you've got to remember that, you know, there was a bigger injury in the British team <laughs> right here. I was tapping his cast. Which was the, the biggest catastrophe of the weekend, so. <laughs> what did you make of new look, new coach, Katerina Johnson-Thompson? 
so uh, from the performance, I didn't make much of it. Um, and I once again, we didn't see it in this. We haven't seen the TV, so we haven't seen her interviews and stuff. We did bump into her afterwards um, mm. when Bayer was all strapped up and she was very concerned about his arm. And she was all smiles and she seems yeah. she seemed very happy. And I understand that the interview she said she'd only done six weeks training and that she was quite happy with the result. My issue is from a fan's perspective, from someone watching her, she looked miserable the whole yeah. way through. She looked like she had the world of the weight of the world on her shoulders. She looked like she didn't want to be there. And it brought took me back to the old cat who'd get in her head and get down on herself. And I was just thinking, well, how can this do anything for her confidence? And what's she doing here? Um, the assumption we all made, maybe wrongly, was that she came in good form and was gonna be able to compete for a medal. And you could see from the first event that that wasn't the case. But then the high jump was, well, for her, pretty disastrous. The shot put was decent. The long Probably jump good, was yeah. very, well, once again, disastrous. And then she didn't do the 800. So I was a little bit, well, quite disappointed that she didn't finish. If you're gonna, if you're gonna come, she could have gone round and done the 800. She could have said to Holly, let me give you, let me pace you a little bit. See if you can get a bronze. Um, so from a fan's perspective and what we want to see, I wasn't impressed, but I'm very happy that she's happy. I'm happy that she's smiling afterwards, even if we didn't see any smiles during the um, during the event. And the other thing, she didn't have to go. There was no pressure on her, no expectation of whatsoever no, that she was going to. She, she joined in shock when we find out she was going, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, she, the only reason she gets to go is because she's the reigning champion, and that, that championships was four years ago. So it's it, none of us even gave it a second thought. She she has potentially three more championships this year she's also doesn't have the qualifying for the worlds or the europeans because no she, she's already qualified for the worlds isn't she because she's reigning champion but she, she hasn't done a, a heptathlon so she needs to do one if she wants to go to the commonwealths or the europeans she's going to have to do um presumably gotsis although i don't know when the european team is being um selected so yeah, or how, yeah. she could go to the worlds and qualify for the europeans there um, Commonwealth is basically only on rankings. So if she does want to go to the Commonwealth, which maybe she doesn't, um, she would have to um, do one beforehand. I don't know. It's quite complicated. But yeah, she's got bigger fish to fry this season. I'm glad she's healthy. She wasn't She wasn't disastrous at the weekend. She was just a bit average. Um, and if, if that's off of six weeks um, training, then be afraid. Did you think that Holly Mills at this level looked to the manor born? Was she comfortable oh. on a global stage? She just looked brilliant, didn't she? And she scored. I think she she scored like a very high score. Do you remember Neve at the European indoors when she came wow. out and like from straight from the juniors? And we're like, oh, okay. Unfortunately, she's been injured since then. But you know, once again, this conveyor belt of heptathletes. That um, word I was about to use. Yeah. Um, I know that Holly um, indoors earlier in the season when she set her personal best, she'd only did 172 in the high jump and she stopped at that height because she had a niggle that was aggravated by the high jump. Coming here, she only dumped 174, I believe, in the high jump when her best, I think, is 184. So she's got another, say she did 180, she's got another 70 points on top of that, which would have got her well into the medals. Um, so, yeah, what I, and what I love about her as well is just physically, she's so well proportioned. She just looks, 100%. she looks the part, doesn't she? She looks so athletic and so lean and so well conditioned. Um, she, yeah, and she, obviously she's a championship performer as well. That hurdles was brilliant, wasn't it? I also was really excited by Adam Thomas, who flew under the radar a bit because the 60 meter sprint is an event that doesn't particularly interest us as a podcast for various reasons. Um, although actually, actually, 
Antonio Infantino, you might not know the name, but he was in Italy's four by one squad at the Tokyo Olympics. He used to run for Great Britain juniors, but then switched allegiances because as you can probably hear from his name, his family are Italian and he's an Italian sprinter and he works at Sky Sports with me. And we were covering the netball together on Friday night and we have to get him on the podcast because I learned more about and I felt more excited by men's sprints talking to him because he knows everybody than I have done for a very, very long time. And he called it, he called the men's 60 meter result. Um, and he was just so insightful. And you know what, having, we say this all the time, athletics is good if the personalities are there. And we got really yeah. excited together for the men's 60 meters. And I knew lots going into it. And by the time that gun went, I was invested and I loved it. And I just wanted to say, yeah, Adam Thomas, he's only 26. Um, or rather he's only 26 he's not he's not a young gun but he's only just emerging at this level and he looks very comfortable and I thought he he handles himself marvelously let's absolutely get your mate in and do let's go against everything we believe in and do a men's sprint special sorry um <laughs> the Adam Thomas was great it was a to be fair it was a, apart from the top three I think it was pretty low s- standard um but handling yourself and getting to a final in your first major champs is, is fantastic and he did, did brilliantly um the crowd, it was interesting. There was a very sort of muted response to, to Christian Coleman, but the crowd went wild um, when um, Lamont won because he, he, he again, and we're going to come to another Italian in a, in a second, um, he's a star from the Olympics, isn't he? And he's a star. What men's sprinting needs is a star. And they haven't had one since Usain Bolt, um, um, not died, I was going to say died, <laughs> retired. <laughs> um, and what they now have is a star. He's on three championships in a row. Um, so with another chance of winning two more this this um this um this year. So they have a star, and that, that's what an event needs. It needs a star. And and he's a championship performer yeah. as well. Like to beat Christian Coleman over 60 meters is a feat in itself. Um Marcel is not known. I mean, obviously he won indoors over 60 meters last year, but I think his second half of his race is stronger. The way he came <laughs> and fights out, he wasn't winning. It was brilliant to see. Yeah. And the fact, what he's good at is like, someone's in front of him, he, do, he doesn't get overwrought by it. He doesn't, yeah. like in the women's, Eva Svoboda, who we expect to get out the fastest, when she didn't, she panicked. Um, Marcel doesn't, it doesn't necessarily um, expect to go out first. And he knows his race and he takes his time, that high knee lift, long stride, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Um, I can't wait to see him outdoors. And yeah, I mean, obviously Christian Coleman's back, um, he is the reigning world champion. It's going to be on home turf, but um, I think most of us are going to support Marcel, aren't we? <laughs> Hi, it's KJT, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. I also have a new Italian athletics, not crush, but someone I'm a little bit besotted with, um, in the form of Nick Ponzio, the uh, yes. shot putter, who only really has come onto my radar in the last, well, this indoor season. Um, I've been aware of him and his moustache for a little while now, but he was fantastic in Belgrade. He's getting so close to that 22 metre mark and he's just a showman. Between him yeah. and our favourite Wu, winning Korea's first ever indoor championship title, like there are just these global stars now. We talked about the need to speak English, but there's some of them, if the theatrics are big enough and the performances are electric enough, they can kind of get away without. I'm loving it. Okay, so we're really leading into what was the greatest moment of the championships now, which is when our new best friend, Giamarco Tamberi, came and asked us to have a photo. With him. How did we not start with that? <laughs> um, what was amazing, this, this is what a star is, yeah? 
He yeah. walks into the stadium to sit down and watch the, the high jump. Everyone him. around him starts applauding. Yeah. Yeah. He then stops, waves, shakes everyone's hands, does loads. I mean, I'm amazed he didn't, has not got COVID. Um, shakes everyone's hands, takes photos with everybody who asks. Yeah. Um, then spotted us from up. the bottom of the stands, said, yeah. it's you guys, I want my photo with you, came round to have his photo taken with us, and then had his photo with everybody in the whole row, and then spent the whole afternoon in the crowd being friendly with everybody. And then he leaves and all the kids chase after him. It's yeah. like walking, it's, it literally it was like um, being with um, a Hollywood star or somebody. Yeah. Like all the and kids the wanted is- to he was he would stop and talk to everyone. He was doing video calls with people's friends. He's yeah. an absolute superstar. Um, and that is what the sport needs. And I don't know how long we can reiterate, that two golds moment was such a special moment. Not because, you know, it tugged our heartstrings, but from a marketing point of view, it was the perfect thing to do. And there's nobody better at marketing in the sport. And just my favourite moment of the whole championships was at 2.31 in the high jump. Everybody had failed it first time. Tamberi decides, because he was jumping first, to get up to make the whole crowd stand up with him to everybody clap. Then they had the clapping going around the whole stadium and he clears. And then um, Mora, the Brazilian, cleared. And then the Swiss guy cleared. And then um, the um, Hamish, um, the New Zealand guy cleared 31. And then um, Wu failed, but then Wu came back and did 34. It changed the whole atmosphere in the whole stadium, it changed the whole competition. And that was just one man taking it upon himself, having the confidence and the understanding to get up and do that. He's an absolute genius. He also, he said he's gonna come on the podcast. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Whether it will happen or not, I don't know. But he was like, you have a podcast? Of course I will. <laughs> oh, heaven. <laughs> um, two other things, did you see on his arm? He had the Ukrainian oh. flag and his two, um, is it bonded, to, who, who is it? Uh, Putsenko and Bonded. I'm Bonded sorry, this is awful. I can't remember the names. Um, the two Ukrainian um, high jumpers who couldn't be there on his arm. Again, I'm, I'm sure it's wholly genuine, but also fantastic sort of like marketing effort. He also, and we couldn't, we were trying to work this out all, all weekend, but I think he has socks and one has Tamberian, one has Parsham on his socks. Oh. <laughs> Which, of course, we, we need a pair of. It's um, just so Olympics. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> Olympics. So he, he's, I mean, he came up. Third, but it doesn't matter. He, he, he stole the show. You know, it was it was just just brilliant. I would say very very quickly. Um, you talked about um, Valletta winning the, lo- the long jump. What actually happened in the stadium was um, Mondo's world record kind of got overlooked because it happened just after Valletta won the oh. high jump, and they had to hold off on the the, the relays happened, didn't they? And so they had to hold off, and, and then Mondo back, and they, uh, yeah. it was a bit of a mess. So yeah. by the time the world record happened, no one was no one was watching. It just kind of happened, you know, when no one was no one was watching. So it didn't translate in the stadium at all. So Tamberi is a star and a star amongst an increasingly glittery and global galaxy. It's going to be a great 2022 for those of us who want to go stargazing because we've had our first world championship. We've got major championships as far as the eye can see, and I cannot wait to bed in for them. It's been a bit of a helter-skelter wrap of Belgrade. Any final, final things to add? Just just two things. First of all, we don't need to discuss it. Just just say Kambunji. Ah, probably the most popular, popular win of the whole championships. And also, and I don't know her name, my fault, haven't done my research, the French lady who won the 60 hurdles in 778. 
crazy. Didn't get enough notice. Um, I don't know if he did at home. Didn't in the, in the stadium. I mean, wow, that was sensational. Um, I just want we did quickly mention Wu, but we have to say we love a champion from a country that we don't have champions from. A Korean world champion is amazing. We've not mentioned mentioned Darlan Romani, who beat Ryan Krause in the shot put after like five fourth places. So there's so much we could talk for another two hours and we can't. And the women's shot put, women's shot put was amazing. And Dream Richards. Dream Richards, the first ever Trinidad and Tobago athlete to win a world indoor title. So much to discuss. But I have a meeting in all of six minutes. So it is time to go round the houses and completely butcher this. If you have enjoyed this episode and you want to get in touch and tell us what you enjoyed from the World Indoor Championships, Jodie, where can people find Backstraight Boys on Twitter? On Twitter, it's at Backstraight B or just search for the Backstraight Boys. What about Instagram, Bayo? is Backstreet Boys podcast. This isn't funny anymore, is it? We get it right every every week. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's great. I'm so relieved. It can't, we've been doing this now for something like five years. It's like ridiculous. We're about to hit the 100 <laughs> episode mark, which we'll have to celebrate. Um, if we hadn't got it by 100 episodes, I would completely despair. I'm at Claire underscore G Thomas. Leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts from. Hit that five star button and leave us a comment because we want to know how we can get better and what else you want to hear. The answer to that last bit is Tambiri as our next guest. I cannot believe he's coming on the pod. Um, <laughs> I don't jinx it. <laughs> I don't think I can bring any more bad luck upon this podcast given the first 10 minutes of this episode. The fact you've both got COVID and Bayo's in plaster. But Bears and Plaster, we are in raptures. Athletics is up and running for the season. It might not have been brilliant for the Brits, but it was brilliant for the sport. You've been listening to the Backstraight Boys and Girl Athletics Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Take care. Bye. Bye.